I'm gonna take one, baby. Take One Podcast. We are going to be talking about how we engage believers and non-believers about sexuality. We're here with Pastor Sergi, Pastor Artez, Hillary, and myself, Kelsey. And we just finished our sexual wholeness preaching series and Sunday school series. And so we're going to be just talking a lot about our sexual wholeness series, referring to that, and helping us try to figure out how do we navigate engaging Um, the world around us about sexuality. So I'm going to define sexuality for us before we get started. The definition we'll be working off of. We're going to use the definition that says sexuality is a person's behaviors, desires, and attitudes related to sex and physical intimacy with others. So kind of with that and with our series background, what are some ways the sexual wholeness series challenged you and how you engage with people regarding the topic of sexuality. Yeah, I was just grateful. Um, What was pretty explicit is that we all have a degree of sexual brokenness, um, no matter, you know, what's your background, um, even age. We all have a level of degree of sexual brokenness, but uh, one thing that really stood out to me that I think it was a continual thing was just this, you know, redefining intimacy mm-hmm. I think in a overly sexualized uh, society um, even personally speaking I know we'll get to this uh, a little bit more later but just you know making sex physical uh, intimacy uh, synonymous with intimacy and so as if you can't experience intimacy apart from uh, physical yeah. pleasure and so I think for me that was really helpful um, even just kind of reevaluating uh my approach my uh perspective even being married as a a a straight heterosexual male it was definitely challenging um i think for me one thing that i noticed it gave me is just more boldness to talk about the issue um especially with kids and teenagers i mean it's coming from the pulpit and so it's something that i know that uh I should be addressing as a parent, but it just gave me a lot more boldness um, that this is really important and it's part of God's good plan. And so we need to be talking about it. Um, I think another thing, uh, kind of like you were talking about with the intimacy part, I think I've changed the way, uh, it's encouraged me to change the way that I talk, especially to single people mm-hmm. about the goodness of God and um, intimacy and community and family. Uh, not holding up marriage as the ultimate goal and the ultimate way of experiencing intimacy, but as a way that God has given us. Um, But it has encouraged me to kind of reshape how I think about that and how I engage, especially young single people, um, in that they can experience true intimacy even outside of marriage and not holding marriage up as kind of an idol. That's cool. Um, I relate with both of y'all just about like that redefining intimacy well I think more so for me like this series really helped me to um to just understand grace more Mm -hmm. and even how to apply grace Mm -hmm. um in in these conversations but also like our sexuality does not 
define us, mm-hmm. our past, our guilt, our current struggles. Um, so I think that was something that um, really shaped me throughout this whole series too. Yeah, that's good. Um, kind of along the lines, what was impactful for me that I don't think was in some aspects it was very explicit but in some aspects it was kind of an underlying theme but just the importance of community so art said a lot of times um that we wouldn't he wouldn't be able to walk the life that god called him so chastity um being able to have chastity is important with community or chastity and community are you need community in order to pursue holiness essentially and even talking about our sexual brokenness or um, need for grace and intimacy with God, intimacy with others, it was helpful for me to just think about how I can live my life with other people and invite other people into my life and not have it to be this very polished thing that I really desire to have, but just being open and honest with people about where I am. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are have y'all had any conversations after the sexual wholeness series that really impacted y'all or were really helpful, gave y'all some new perspective with either believers or non believers? Yeah, um, so something man, conversations that I was having kind of like throughout the series was was kind of like interesting to me because I had conversations with people seeking to follow Christ and those not seeking to follow Christ and they were just always I'm gonna use the word funny how different the conversations are depending on who you're talking to and I think for a person not like trying to follow Christ it was kind of difficult because we're working on two different like foundations you know yeah so I had to spend time with a person not pursuing Christ who 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 sex is just like this this appetite, something that, you know, we just gonna have to do, like how we have to eat bread, we have to have sex, you know. Um, so for me I had to spend time not so much even talking about Christ or what the Bible says, but even spending time talking about um is sex really fulfilling or, or mm-hmm. are we really made for sex or, or is this something deeper that you're actually um, looking for? Mm-hmm. And with a person who, you know, I have a friend now who um, um, happens to um, be gay and that conversation was, I think I believe in Christ, but I'm not sure if I believe what the Bible says because of my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And this person was just really wrestling with, um, you know, am I going to surrender or to submit um, to this teaching or am I going to just find someone else to, um, mm. you know, affirm what I want to to be affirmed, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think the, the previous conversations that I, you know, engaged with, uh, I just found it uh, not really shocking, but just how family of origin, like the way you were raised and whether you you saw positive or negative, healthy or unhealthy mm-hmm. examples of intimacy and 
sexuality, you know, I hear people who come from very conservative backgrounds and sex almost, not almost, it just seemed dirty and, mm-hmm. um, you know, painful and, um, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't celebrated in a way that God has designed it mm-hmm. to be celebrated in uh, the way that he wants it to be uh, experienced. Um, and then on the other side, you know, I think shame and guilt has been a, a consistent thing too. Um, there are people who are uh, still struggling, um, maybe, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, same sex uh, attracted thoughts and in a hetero, uh, I mean, in a, uh, yeah, in a relationship with uh, a woman. And so even still feeling that recurring shame as if um, that has to be dealt with before you could be full and, mm-hmm. and whole and, you know, but not knowing or, or even just being reminded that that God knows their past and he knows what's ahead of them. and He's with them. And so there isn't this come to Jesus and yeah, your sins are forgiven, but there are a lot of things that we still wrestle with. We still mm-hmm. struggle with. And some of that stuff can be rooted in shame and guilt. Come on and now. then we just lose. We can forget that Jesus says, I'm, I, I love you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pleased with you. And so even what you said, Kelsey, just the importance of community, um, just being reminded of that, that truths. We all do, no matter what you, you know, your past struggle or what you currently identify with, or um, we all need to be reminded by another uh, trusted person to say you're not your past. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to struggle, but um, don't be arrested and a prisoner of that shame and that guilt. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a lot. No, that's good. I think with that, um, some of the conversations I've had have been about desire, mm-hmm. and we talked some about that, uh, I think in the Sunday school class, but just that desire is not evil. Mm. Um, the, the goodness of many of our desires and the neutrality, like God created desire, and so like what do we do with those desires? And that has been helpful for me to think through, um, again, coming back to like the marriage and singleness, but what do we do with those desires and how do we grieve those desires? Mm. Like I think was a really important step that was brought out to me that has helped shape my conversations with people um, in that like, yeah, it's important that you are grieving those good desires but also that God can. you can. explain that a little bit more? Like, what do you mean by like yes. grieving those desires? Yes. So, um, someone who is not married um, can find fulfillment and intimacy in community in the church, but still has a desire for a sexual relationship mm-hmm. for that type of intimacy, and that's a good desire. But God is not allowing them to experience that right now. Not that they can't experience intimacy and community in a way that God wants them to, but that's still one way that they desire to experience that. And so having to grieve that, like this is not the way that I am going to be able to experience this type of intimacy. Um, I think sometimes we say, well, you've got friends. It'll be fine. Like just look for your, Mm -hmm. get some more friends and it'll be okay. In one way, yes, God is calling us to community in that way but there's still something to grieving unmet desires. 
I really like that language. I think like that language can be missing in discipleship mm-hmm. in church, mm-hmm. and even like sometimes my preaching. You know, it's easy to uh, place your faith in Jesus, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know He's the great I am. He's everything that you need, and it's like, and I believe that. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like as we live in this world. There is a sense of I have joy in Christ, but there's also a sense of um, walking in sorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just Both even thinking hands. about what's the, is there a verse that says Jesus, the, the man of sorrows, mm-hmm. or a song, the man of sorrows? So like, I think even like equipping ourselves and others to like, like what does it really mean to have joy and mm-hmm. sorrow and mm-hmm. um, yeah. intimacy and friendships, but still grieve those things? Mm-hmm that we don't have or would never experience mm-hmm. on this side of eternity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. And I think I would add, like, and not feeling guilty, like our is talking about the shame that's easy to feel. Like, when we have, it feels um, wrong or sinful to have desires that are unmet and grieve them in some ways. Um, but even one thing Tim Holler said in Sunday School is that desire is in us um so we are created to desire something but it's the object of our desire that is that can be sinful and so just the freedom that comes with the fact that in scripture we see grieving um we see grieving of unmet desires and so Mm -hmm. embracing that and taking it to the throne of christ versus keeping it in and feeling guilty because I don't have something that I really want. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of some of what we're kind of alluding to that is maybe a hot topic in some ways is the idea that Christians disagree on various issues regarding sexuality. So. Oh, yeah, so they're, they're Christians across the spectrum on what they believe about sexuality and how they interpret the Bible, right? And so um, kind of the framework is when we're, when we're thinking about that, if there's a Christian that we love and respect um, that does not agree with the same uh, biblical interpretation of sexuality as us, um, how do we view or how do we engage them, right, and love them well while also maintaining our view of sexuality that we believe is biblically accurate? There is no way to engage them well, Kelsey. <laughs> you write them off. And <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm going to let someone uh, answer it as I collect my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> started <laughs> <laughs> so you got some my pastor I think we just need to can we frame it though yeah. like that's that's even broad so where, yeah. where do we where are so we I guess from? Like, yeah I guess coming from the aspect of or the perspective of um I'm sitting down with one of my friends that I believe is a Christian uh, or that I know is a Christian I love them I care about them they're in a um either in a same-sex relationship pursuing marriage or they are in a heterosexual 
a sexual relationship that looks similar to marriage, but they're not married. And so how do I, because their view of sexuality and what the Bible says about sex and sexual wholeness is different from mine. Um, and so we kind of talked broadly, we won't rehash it here, but our sermon series shares some of the sexual, uh, sexual biblical ethic of downtown church. And so check out our sermons if you want to see that. But, um, if we say, you know, I don't agree with same sex or gay marriage, or I don't agree that my friend lives, um, with their significant other and has a sexual relationship with them, how do we engage them and love them while not, um, or use the language, uh, Compromise. compromising, yeah. yeah, thanks, compromising our sexual beliefs, um, but standing firm on what we believe, but loving them and respecting them in their beliefs as well. I think one, a lot of listening, you know, uh, you know, James say, be quick to listen and, mm-hmm. and slow to speak. And especially when you're talking about, you know, issues that are so touchy and personal, um, controversial and divisive. So that doesn't mean we run from it, but it does mean the posture, which I think we're going to hit on that a little later. Uh, the, the, the posture, you know, you're taking because people, we all come to a particular resolve or conviction based on experiences, mm-hmm. you know, that happened to us or that happened to other people in our proximity, in our circle. Um, and so we all have, you know, to a degree, different kinds of lenses, how we see the world, but more particularly what we talking about right now is how we see the Bible. But even our brother Art that we keep uh, referencing, I just loved how he kept, uh, he kept making this comment as to, hey, are we starting in the same place? Are we starting that, uh, that Jesus is Lord of all? You know, yeah. are we starting that uh, we believe in one true God who is the creator God who uh, made all things good. And so if he's the creator, he's given us a framework based on what he sees as good, but also for our flourishing. And so that's a great place uh, to start as well. But I think just the listening piece, because people, you know, we draw conclusions, we have nuances, um, but asking uh, more questions, tell me more about that. Mm. So, you know, when you read that, that particular passage, you know, um, what does that look like today? Uh, how, do, how does that connect with, um, you know, really trying to faithfully, you know, walk in obedience uh, to God? But I think also, you know, we have to also be honest that although we do want to be faithful to the scriptures, we want to be faithful to what God has uh, prescribed, you know, for our own flourishing and our well-being. There is a sense, too, that people are going to believe what they're going to believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to make a decision. Or are you going to allow that particular issue to uh, to divide your friendship? Yeah, your uh, your fellowship, which some sometimes it does, yeah. you know, sometimes it is broken fellowship um, and, um, and ended friendships uh, based on that. But I would say a lot of times we make non-essential mm-hmm. uh, discussions essential. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't believe this said thing, then you're not a believer. And so I know there can be some gray areas uh, in you know the Christian uh, the Christian life. 
but there are some things that are pretty black and white, but it takes a lot of discernment. It takes a lot of humility to say, you know, brother, sister, we've engaged, you know, I've heard your stance. You heard my stance. Um, we're not, you know, we haven't concluded the same resolve, the same interpretation, uh, not just theologically, but even practically how that, how that uh, lives out. And so you have to make a decision. And it's not an easy decision uh, to make where you go with this particular friendship and uh, how you are going to fellowship with that particular person. So that's my initial thoughts to that particular uh, question. Yeah, I I think part of it too is how we, um, going back to what I used to think is how I used to elevate sexual sin as worse than mm -hmm. other sins and the way that I presented that um, I think that I did not really understand and present God's grace in a way um, that should have been presented and so the way that we talk with people just being careful about not making certain sins uh, worse than others um, and not making it so that like you said, not making a non-essential essential and not elevating things that I think are worse than other things that people cannot come back from. Um, and just being careful about the way that I talk about that. I think if I had heard myself when I was younger talk about some of these issues, I would have <laughs> probably not wanted to talk with me um, <laughs> just because I was very much like, yes, God forgives you, but you've messed up and mm -hmm. it's it's done like you're not gonna be able to come back from that and so just being very careful about the way that I talk about sin and making sure I don't elevate certain ones over the other yeah that's good yeah the um, verse that comes to mind is Jesus pray for all believers in John 17 mm. and you know verse 21 he says my prayer for them is that they may all be one just as you and me father um, are one and I just really think like this, a, like this, something we have to remember as we engage anyone, believer or non-believer, um, when we disagree, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it, especially with believers, as we disagree, like it's my aim to win this argument, mm -hmm. or it's my aim to remain one, you know. Yeah, like it's my aim to, mm -hmm. you know, beat my chest and like beat you down so I can, you know, have my position. Mm -hmm. I'm held high, or it's my aim. Hey, even though we disagree, like we love each other. Like mm -hmm. let's be a witness to the world. You know, like let's stay in fellowship. And I, I think, like when you take that approach, just similar to what Artez is saying about you know being quick to listen and not quick to you know speak, which I think we all can be when certain I'm triggering um, conversations I'm do arise. So. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. I think even to add, Sir G, like you talking about the aim to win the argument or the aim to, uh, you know, pursue uh, unity. I think that's what you said. But even just like whether you talk to a, a, a believer in Jesus or a person who doesn't believe in Jesus, you know, the the aim, you know, I was even thinking for myself personally is not to change their heart or to change their mind. Like, you know, there's a sense like you do want to try to communicate uh, to someone, you know, what you are convinced of. But there's a lot of pressure when you're trying to just 
uh, you know, present every, you know, yeah. argument and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? At that point, yeah. you're not even loving. You know, you're just trying to change that person's uh, mindset. You're trying to change that person's heart. When I look at the life of Jesus, he engaged with non-believers, people were hostile to him, and he engaged with very religious leaders uh, who had a relationship with God, but they missed the fact that it was God in the flesh that was in front of them, but that's a whole nother uh, topic for a different conversation. But the reality was like, even only Jesus has that power. Only God has that power to change somebody's heart. But even Jesus was engaging with said religious leaders who were uh, prisoners of their own uh, legalism, a.k.a. adding or taking away from what God already said Mm -hmm. to the point that they hearts couldn't even, they hearts were so hardened that (laughs) Jesus kind of left them where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you also see Jesus engaging in a very tender way uh, with the highly sexualized outcast. You know, I think about, you know, Luke 7, uh, the woman came into the the dinner party and the, the way Luke describes this woman, she was a woman of the city. And so some scholars say she might had, you know, uh, a history of prostitution, um, but she came humble, broken, uh, needy, and the religious leaders was like, do you know who this, this woman is? Do you know her reputation? Of course Jesus knew her reputation, but that wasn't what he led out with. Yeah. And so he allowed her to come and to be in his presence. Uh, surely Jesus had a better plan in mind for her. Uh, as she became a follower of him. But I even think mm-hmm. how we, you know, engage folks, you know, leading out with said things and not being slow and discerning um, to see where they coming from. You know, it's a reason. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, like, the aim is not to change somebody, like, mind or to try to change their heart um, or to win an argument, like Sir G said. Uh, but it's to respond in obedience, but it's to respond in love, with grace, you know, hopefully, you know, our words are seasoned with salt. Mm-hmm. But if we do, and I'm speaking from past experience, I haven't always responded that way. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus did a work on my heart. And he humbled me. And he showed me, Artez, you are, you are a hypocrite because you think that somehow your sin, your stuff is not as bad as this other person's mm-hmm. stuff. And so I had to double back. I had to look mm-hmm. myself in the face, but also had to realize, dang, that grace, it runs so deep. Yeah. They just saved a wretch like me. So how mm-hmm. can I assume this prideful, arrogant posture mm-hmm. towards this particular person? I had to go apologize and humble myself mm-hmm. to that person. So we are saying, hey, here are some potential ways to engage. But, man, we all going to mess this thing up. But even when we mess up, there is there is forgiveness. There is mm-hmm. there's grace um, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's good. And that, I think about just the importance of prayer, like, you know, the idea that as we, how much time are we spending really praying for someone because yeah. it's God that changes hearts and changes desires. Um, and then as we're praying for someone, how much more can God reveal to us ways mm-hmm. that we're falling short instead yeah. of just looking uh-huh. at them, that person that's falling short. So that wraps up part one of how to engage believers and non-believers over the topic of sexuality. So we'll be back with part two in two weeks. <laughs>